0: Happy New Year, and what a time to be alive. We are reporting back from, um, Gag City to cover the most incredible Real Housewives finale, perhaps in history. Let's begin. Hello you guys, I'm back. And if you don't know who I am, because you're a first time listener, thank you so much for being here. My name is Kelechi Azier. I am an actress, a singer, a a woman about town, really. If that sounds like prostitution, that's not what I meant. Um, Jack of all trades, Jill of all trades. Something like that. Something like that. Um, I don't know why I feel compelled to explain myself more, but why don't we just focus on the fact that I love Bravo and I recently rebooted this pod to focus solely on Bravo after a primary, a previous rather, focus on politics, pop culture, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. I, Your girl was a one-woman writer's room before. It took a lot out of you and, uh, the reward was watching the country go into flames and then uh, enter a global pandemic. So I took a break um, and I came back. I'm still figuring things out, but there's one thing that I do know for sure. I don't know much, but i um bravo. Yeah, um, that's never changed. That's always been a constant since, gosh, the past like 15 years or so. And so... I want to talk about things that make me happy and make you guys happy. And I just, I, I am scrambling. I'm trembling. I'm trembling to find the words to express how good the Salt Lake City finale is. So let's get right into it. Let's not, you know, I did have some announcements that I thought I would be making. um, And, you know, that's still in flux. I'm still figuring out this format. I'm figuring out hosting style whether hey if you want to apply to be a co-host dm me because i love i love doing solo it's it's me just being ridiculous it's like the inner monologue in my head but i i also love just a conversation amongst friends so hey i'm open to any and all things but thank you for being here thank you for sticking with me and the future is only going to get brighter kid because i have um I got spreadsheets and I got plans and I have steps and there's going to be more content and it's going to be on Instagram and perhaps even TikTok. We'll see. But things are going to get there. There's going to be a whole like Bucha universe. You just wait. All right. So here we are. I call it an emergency podcast. Call it what you will. Um, I am doing this before I'm covering Beverly Hills, which I had been covering from the beginning of the season because it was that impactful. So I had already told y'all if you didn't know that you need to watch Salt Lake City. It is right out of the gate, one of my favorite franchises of all time. The wackiness gives early Atlanta that's off kilter. It's weird. Um, It has just risen to a level of polish, I think with the storytelling that I I can't even, I can barely process. I only hope the girls, the editors get their dues. Everyone, everyone needs an Emmy. Emmy's for everyone. Testing, I'm so much more close to the mic. Is this better? Does this really sound better? Okay, here I am. My voice gets really high and it also can be really low because I just finished puberty. Um, No, but in your 30s, your voice does get lower and was for singing and I am enjoying that so I'm just exploring the whole range of my instrument but I did have a lovely listener who said that I was a little hard to hear I don't know if they meant the solo sessions or the um virtual studios that the girls use now which I mean those are well you know every it depends on what like the bandwidth and of your wi-fi with you and your recording partner so they can be a little bit unreliable but I am right up on the mic now with my pop filter. I hope you don't have to turn me down if I start screaming, but I guess it's better to give you more, and then you can just take away what you need to take away, okay? I know, I know it's, I'm from Buffalo, New York, um, none of the accents you're gonna hear are mine. Um, but let's begin. Okay, I'm just gonna recap it, and I hope my, I'm, I'm old school and I have I have pieces of papers and they're they're flippy floppy in my hands because I'm I'm trembling. I'm trembling and quaking and quivering. I'm devastated. Okay, we'll get to it. All right. So the episode starts with Whitney, who comes into Heather's room dressed like one of the muses from Hercules. I don't know what's going on. I love a good strategic cutout under the bust and, you know, and my midriff and things like that, but it's it's gotten out of hand. It's really gotten out of hand. But what she is there for is the fastest apology turnaround of all time. Last episode she was walking around with her deranged bug eyes that happen when she drinks and screaming that you exploited my vagina and Heather hulked out as she does and ran away even told with the producer to not talk to her. I just need to have a think. I need to have a think. That's what Heather said. Um, so, you know, Whitney, she went on these tirades as she does. You know, you're not hearing my voice. You're not hearing me. Again, she's always wrong, but she's like 7% right. And I think what she was getting at with the whole, she didn't like that Heather, the portion of the book that Heather um, wrote, Bad Mormon, has... An anecdote about meeting Whitney for the first time and Whitney decided today that it was exploiting her even though she approved the passage <laughs> but um the story is about the anecdote is just when Heather was a boudoir photographer apparently which I don't know I never knew what job Heather had before the beauty lab but you know I guess I assumed it was like an MLM or something like <laughs> something something that would happen in Salt Lake City um selling leggings. But she was Whitney's boudoir photographer. Whitney came in to take a photo for her husband. And that's that. And Heather said, like, there was a joke in there about, you know, paint me like one of your French girls, which is a Titanic reference. Just a lot of pop culture references. It was just suffused throughout with pop culture references. And so Whitney comes in the room and says, I'm sorry, Heather. I just didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't know you would react that way. Which what kind of apology is that? I'm sorry, I did something stupid, because I thought you would not react to pr- proportionally to what I did. I, I just thought you would like kind of swallow it because I act like an idiot all the time. Like, what? What is that? And she just says she didn't read it, which I mean, and, and Heather says, but you heard it. I read it to you. You it was fine. And Whitney goes, Yes, I know it was fine. And then And then you took out the word that I asked you to take out. But it's just different, Heather, when you read it. To which I... Is Whitney just like... Do her eyes just hurt? Because she doesn't... She's not used to reading words with her eyes instead of hearing them. Like, is that... was, Was there some sort of vertigo that she got? I don't understand that distinction. But I... I mean, I almost started to understand what Whitney said uh, for those of you who know me, I'm I'm always going to like, I'm always going to be fair, even when I really want to just mock someone because they get on my nerves. So in fairness, I think that perhaps the paint me like because she says in her confessional, which, by the way, is not any more eloquent or clear, um, concise, elucidating nothing than anything else she says. It's just that after four years of this. I can start to speak Whitney speak. So I I think she was saying she had her confession she said I'm not like Titanic. I'm not like a oh, Paint Me Jack. It was a business transaction for my husband. So uh, if I were to open my brain lobotomize take off half of it throw it on the ground. I and 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 try to see things from her point of view. I think she might be saying that the anecdote made it sound like she was just taking naked pictures because she got pleasure out of taking naked pictures for herself or for some sort of vanity or indulgence, when in actuality, it was for her husband. And to that I say, fuck off! All of you have so many weird ways that your your shame about sex pops up, and nobody has time for you like really this distinction that you're making is we know you're married and you're a married lady. Okay. But you've already, you've also like got your husband fired for, you know, melting down dip and dots and rubbing it on your, each other's bodies and, in a swirly Skittles rainbow on the floor on camera. So it just seems kind of silly. And you also bragged about fucking him at work, like while other people were outside this, this season. So if this is the line, I don't get it. And I still, again, we'll never know why she only understands it um, when she reads it again with her eyes, even though it was read to her. But moving on. um, Oh, and Heather hates her so much, by the way. Heather hates her so much. And as we see what goes on in the episode, it's clear that Whitney... That's why I'm not sure if this was staged. Not staged, but if they already had a heads up before this... Before everything we saw in the episode transpired. Because... Whitney knew she had to go wrap it up. She was like, this is not the storyline we're ending with, even though I had this crazy blow up. We're moving on to something bigger. She had to come apologize. Heather hugs her and says, oh, my cousin, I, you don't annoy me at all. And Whitney just is still saying, "I you are acting crazy and you really hurt my feelings. And Heather's just like, okay, okay. So they're going to fight again. Like they don't. I was, I mean, the first time bad weather really went south, I was shocked, but I refuse. I'm not a ride or die. So unlike Heather, if you show me that you're MS, I'm probably leaving. So I'm leaving, you know, I've left all expectations for bad weather on the floor. And when they fight, I just try to comfort myself by reminding myself that they are not really like cousins that grew up together and knew each other their whole life because, It used to make me sad and I could just can't, I can't, I have to protect my heart. Okay. So then we go shopping. We go on a little trip. We get on the bus. We go, we first, we ride some motorbikes. They look very tame. I don't know. Everyone seemed to be having a little bit of an issue with them. They were not like speed racing around. They were just a cute little bike situation Then they went into town to go shopping at the boutiques. And Monica's like, even though I didn't get to meet my family, it's nostalgic to see all the buildings they built. I am pretty much a Monica stan except for this colonization um, storyline. Haven't Googled it yet. You know, but I, I just know the Portuguese aren't native to Bermuda. And they also um, enslaved more Africans in Brazil than were brought to the Americas or anywhere else in the Americas. So the Portuguese, uh, great food, beautiful coastlines, fun language. I'm going to just keep I'm going to I'm going to just keep my eye on you when we're telling stories about going to islands and the tropics and, and doing stuff. But, you know, Monica she's grasping onto that feeling of family and familial connection where she can. So we're going to let her do that. Um, so son, Heather has left without her credit card. Um, I, I, I feel like they would have Apple Pay in Bermuda, but because it's such a tourist attraction, a tourist place. Um, but, mm, people are saying that maybe she wanted to see, uh, Monica's ID or something, but, or like Monica's name on her credit card, but they weren't leaning over looking at Monica's credit card when this went down. So I'm not sure about that theory. But what is funny is that Heather asks Angie, Angie, I, I forgot my credit card. And then Angie's like, oh, I forgot mine too. Which is like, Where y'all guys knew you are going shopping? And then she is trying to figure out who's gonna pay and then Monica says, guys, I have money, you can ask me. Mm, In fairness, everything you've done heretofore would suggest that you don't have money. And that's not your fault. You know, it's been many years on my part since I had a job where I felt comfortable with being like, oh, yeah, this is like $700 for all of us to eat dinner. I'll do it. I'll put on my card, give me the points, pay me back. You know, actors, we get a good gig and then we eat ketchup packets and water for the next two years. So it's just, it is what it is. Um, so I, I don't really, I wouldn't ask Monica. I think it's polite to not ask the person that you know is poor for stuff. It's like when I go out with my sisters who are two lawyers, like, don't, why would you ask me to put it on my debit card? <laughs> so I thought it was being, cons- I thought they were being considerate, but then Monica goes to pay. And of course it's declined. Um, and she is mortified. And then we, we see her look at her phone and say, okay, it's a tra- it says that it's a foreign charge. The bank is suspicious. Girl, yeah, you don't really have to turn on travel notices anymore. Um, They kind of just incorporate. Uh, all I know is like last time I went to try to do that, they were like, no, you don't need to do that anymore. But gr- the reason you got that is because they think it's unusual spending because you don't usually make purchases that big. It doesn't mean the money is not there, but it does mean you're probably using up like whatever credit you have left to prove a point to these women. So then we see her like doing the text. She's like, did I make this purchase? Yes, yes. And then she puts a different card in the machine, which I noticed that it was a different card. So who knows if her bank replied fast enough and lifted that block. But anyway, she charged $700 of these women's perfume that's just so interesting i mean no what am I- i'm i such a fucking liar are you kidding me i love perfume if i had enough money to just buy the really really expensive ones i would but just right now it seems like oh if i'm gonna spend like you know 150 on a perfume it's gonna be a scent that i want to be my signature scent i think i'm just not at a place of like collecting it like that monica's confessional she says if my card got declined I would have to disappear into the Bermuda Triangle, girl. And then they the editors just fade her out poof, till she disappears. Hilarious. Hilarious. So, they all are going down to the wharf for lunch. Um they get back on the bus and then we cut to 1 hour later and it's the ominous hum of music. We see shoes and they're not cute shoes okay so we know that it's the crew stomping around over there soles just falling apart um we see the cameras on the ground we see we see we're, we're literally looking at people's feet it's like they took a break and then something crazy happened and they had to just start filming again and we hear heather in the background hey what did you find out are you kidding me right now I'm like, I'm I mean, like, trem- I'm like, I'm trembling. I'm trembling. Who says the word trembling? I don't think I've said the word trembling in my entire life. Ever. Unless perhaps I was like doing a Shakespeare monologue, reading a passage from the Bible, or, you know, singing a magical. What? Where Heather is so churchy. It is hilarious that she's bad Mormon. I really just wanted her to, I'm trembling, quaking. I'm quivering when the sight of the Lord, like I just wanted her to break out into song. It's, she's just so ridiculous. She really is. And she takes herself so seriously. And I know it might seem like she doesn't because she has self-deprecating humor, but her main character, the insistence on the main character of it all is at this point, it's not going away. It's just a fixed part of her personality. We, we blew her up season one or maybe, maybe she was always like that. And we just didn't notice because we weren't used to having a, like, I won't say plus size, but like mid-sized housewife. And she seemed down to earth, but Oh Lord, it's just the self seriousness. But you know, she, she's continued. I cannot believe it's her. How did she do this to us? I'm freaking the fuck out. I'm freaking the fuck out. Then she manhandles the camera. I, did Heather play football? I feel like if Heather's really mad, she's, or triggered when her like honor is triggered, her valor or her New York Times bestseller is somehow besmirched. She is going to body check you into the ocean and I'm not in any way body shaming as a broad shouldered woman myself as well, who used to be on the swim team and just has big um, traps. I love body checking people. That was my favorite thing to do in New York. If you try to play chicken with me on the sidewalk, if you ignore my existence, I will body check you. I'm not moving. I'm not moving and you're not moving. And one of us is going to end up on the ground and it's not me. However, that was just petty. Like, I feel like Heather actually is just like fights people. She she grabbed the camera and turned it away. Someone is attached to that camera. You don't touch people's equipment and you don't touch them by extension. Like if I had a purse on, you can't like grab my purse and like swing me and point me into the direction that you want me to go in. So I'm kind of over Heather. I mean, she also like threw <laughs> Angie on the floor <laughs> in the last episode to escape the bar when Whitney started her nonsense. Something, something happens to her. Okay, and here's where the amazing editing starts. So now they're cutting back from the moment Heather found out this information was trembling, trembling, to the dinner, their last dinner. It's a Bermuda Triangle-themed dinner. There are three tables. They're arranged when you get the aerial shot. They're shaped like a triangle. And the creepy Mormon dolls they made on Founder's Day are back. So... Heather has everyone, you know, joining. And she says, you know, the theme of this dinner is Bermuda Triangle Unsolved Mysteries. Love that show. Might watch it after after I finish this. Um, and then she says, you know, whoever's doll is in your bowl, ask them a question. We, of course, Whitney batches this like, of course, she Lisa, uh, Lisa, I I have Lisa and Hold on. My mystery is the assignment was to uncover a mystery about someone. Find out something you don't know. So when you say my mystery is, it's just never quite clicking. It's never all the way plugged in. The toaster's not plugged into the wall. Um, But she says, my mystery is Monica told me that Lisa you said I was being dramatic but how come how come yesterday you were yelling at Meredith so it's like uh, you I can be you can be dramatic and I can't and I'm not kidding that's that's the the amount of pauses she took. It, I just, I rewound it because I honestly was like, is she actually glitching out for real? Like she's, it's, it's she's glitching out. What's happening? Somebody has to wind up her battery. <sighs> Lisa is winning me over, I have to say, because she's so, you want to talk about someone that's in her own bubble. Lisa's in her own bubble. She doesn't take things back. And I have like some of the most defining moments of my life have dealt with grief and loss. So I'm really deeply empathetic to, you know, mourning her, uh, Whitney mourning her friend and things like that. So it might sound weird to say, but I am almost find it so I'm almost at the point where I'm like, Lisa is so herself that it's hilarious because she does not back down from shitting on this woman when she brings up her friend who just passed away. She will not entertain like she doesn't give a fuck okay and so this whole episode is partially about just people being themselves fuck all and as Whitney says I was I went to the beach and I was crying about my friend I was mourning my friend who died now here's the thing literally she that's not what happened she was running around like a crazy person after Heather. And she says it herself that when when I when Heather, I couldn't get Heather to talk to me because she ran away. I decided to go to the beach and have a moment to myself to reflect on her friend. That's a pivot. That's a very internal pivot that no one else would know. But that's not even what they were talking about. They were just talking about they, they weren't with you. So Lisa says, what I saw was dramatic from based on what I saw that was dramatic and that's the same way Lisa told that's what Lisa did when she told Monica like I think you're a bitch to your mom based on what I saw and the thing I do like about Lisa is that she'll change it if she gets more information sometimes like she later conceded oh no it does sound like Monica's mom is insane but she's gonna be like no that's what I said based on what I saw I said I said you're dramatic that was it dramatic or was it emotional? What. Makes you feel like those aren't. Very closely related <laughs> attributes, Whitney, that what makes you think those might not be synonyms in some worlds? Um, And then Lisa's like, it's not singular. We both can be dramatic, like we're both dramatic. What's and then Lisa's like, everyone at this table's dramatic. You're dramatic. You're dramatic. Everyone at this table's dramatic. We're all dramatic. And everyone just starts yelling about being dramatic. It is hilarious. The editors like put a grin on the screen where it's like the Brady bunch and everyone's head is like dramatic, dramatic, dramatic. Hilarious. Hilarious. Um. So we're moving on. Meredith has a question for Heather. Meredith wrapped in her blanket, stiff as a board, light as a feather, stiff as a board. She says, in the cave, why, Heather, I have a question. I want to know why the other day you didn't support me more when I was accused of sending the DMs. And Heather says, we all, what do you mean? I don't know what you mean. Which, by the way this scene scene is really confusing still and when you watch it back you're like where's the acting stop the acting because the ladies are acting at this moment they know they're about to confront monica and so this is a setup for her but then the things that they are discussing with each other seem to be things they really are upset about which what a fun commentary on the way they don't really like each other but need to band together against monica and so then meredith you know heather's like what do you mean which like I'm saying is it just was more defensive than I would think if you already know you're gonna bring up a gripe just to like play this game and have this pretense. Um, but then <laughs> I literally had to remind this because I don't know what Meredith's accent is. She says, In the cave, you didn't stand up for me. <laughs> that's literally instead of at all. In the cave, you didn't stand up for me. <laughs> what's going on? What is this? And then Heather says, well, Monica was very clear. She was very convincing. And then Meredith says, again, another monologue that seems to be true. Now she barely stays awake to get through it. But she says, I have got to the point where I am mature enough to respond to lies without screaming and yelling. And if that's not enough for you to believe me, that hurts me. That's not a threat. Like, I, I. it should be. If And if that's not enough for you, then you can boot it into the ocean, bitch. Like, if that's not enough for you, I have a feeling inside of me about it. Okay. Well, okay, I guess. Now, then Heather... She's this is this is the tee off for her to just to, to pivot t- to uh, targeting Monica. Heather says, we all believe Monica over you. It was everyone. Why do we believe you, Monica? And Monica, I feel like she does. I'm going to say her response was much too ready. She's like, I mean, I guess it's just because I have. The truth. I had the proof. I had the evidence. I had the facts. I had the timeline. I had the receipts. And then Heather says, well, I have the Meredith doll and I don't have questions about her, but I do have a few questions about Monica. The mystery for me with Monica is who is the real Monica? And then she launches into a a wedding reception speech. When I met you, Monica, (laughs) I just knew that we would be the best of friends. You were charming and funny and and witty, smarter than people think, which was shade. That's shade. She told she said you look dumb and you act and carry yourself dumb. Smarter than people think. But I don't think that's who the real Monica is. The real Monica is someone who really doesn't want to be our friend, but wants to profit from our lives and our pain. (laughs) Monica, you can see her, the wheels are turning. Even when Heather had said, I have a mystery for Monica. Monica said, oh God. Monica, as she says later, she didn't She didn't know that everything was going to come out right now. She knew it would come up eventually, but you never know. We never know the day or the hour, right? So she just kind of looks, you can see in her eyes, she's processing, but she's keeping her composure, um, which she, she continues to do that. I mean, composure means lobbying crazy insults and more, um, looks based attacks at Lisa, but yeah, she does hold on. So now Heather says I know who you really are and and oh, I have written down I know who you really are and who you really are em- emphasis on the syllable and then it's a flashback okay here's where we get into mm, cinema art all of the core four ladies that is Lisa, Heather, Whitney, Meredith they gather at the beach it's it's Gray tone, they put like a sepia tone um, filter over everything. It's windy, the wind is whipping around, tracks are flying in the air, and they're playing like bab- c- bagpipes and Celtic wailing. Like very Enya coded, it's very Enya coded. We know something bad is going to happen. I mean, when you hear that. We know something bad's going to happen. Okay. Heather is wearing this lime green Grecian toga thing with their orange necklace clasp. It's like a draped dress, toga dress with a cape. And one arm is under the cape and one's not. So I already knew she meant business. And then Meredith walks over like the tin man. Meredith, I'm not a chiropractor, but I want to give you an adjustment. I've watched enough YouTube videos and I feel like I can. I, I mean, I hope she's... In the, I wonder, if, is Meredith in, in chronic pain from something? She just moves so stiffly. I feel like either all of her bones were replaced by some aluminum alloy or she's been in an accident maybe and needs to just... She needs some massage and physical therapy. But she walks over like... <laughs> and then Heather says, Guys... I have to tell you something. And Lisa, who is dramatic, as she says, you know, she starts breathing heavy so she can get herself ready to cry because she sees Heather's going to cry. And she literally says, oh, my God, you're going to cry. <laughs> and then, you know, Heather says she is someone who schemed and plotted to infiltrate our friend group. So now we go back to Heather's confessional. Heather, well, we'll find out pretty much right now about Heather's hairdresser of three years, Tanisha, who I would say it's very questionable whether Tanisha likes Heather based on what Heather's hair looks like in this confessional, which was, this was allegedly one of their favorite looks. So everyone's lying to everyone. That's the moral of that story but you'll see how um you'll see how Tanisha's involved in a moment. So Heather delivers a confessional and look, I'm not going to take it away from your girl. She's good at reading her cue cards, she's good at monologue, she's good at performing. She probably was in like the Founders Day um pageants every year or something. Like she's not she is a solid TV personality. Um she's got a lot of character flaws which we'll get into, but she knows how to tell a story. So she tells us the story of this Instagram account. It was created three years ago, dedicated to annihilating and exposing Jen Shaw, And it quickly moved on to attacking the rest of us. So Heather says she already knew about Monica from her hairstylist, Tanisha. We later find out, um, not necessarily from this episode, from, from social media, which is popping right now. Um, Tanisha and Monica were like best friends they're having a huge falling out over this right now. And it's, it's planned. They're just releasing videos and text messages and screenshots of things that each other has said. Really not what I would expect from women in their late thirties. It seems so high school, but, um, yeah. Anyway, um, the editor clips, they, they go back to show everything that Heather said. It is like the end of Knives Out. Or a Scooby-Doo mystery. I mean, it's riveting. It's riveting. I have never seen a true crime Real Housewives before. Even though we've had people get arrested, it's never quite played out where we could actually see all these little pieces come together like this. So Heather goes backwards and, and is describing this. And then we see a clip. Of to back up everything Heather says, she says, right before we left for Bermuda, I went to beauty lab for a gift card for Monica's birthday and saw three Monica's with three different last names and the same birthday. Monica, girl, you got to change your birthday. Come on now. As someone who has signed up for class pass trials at least four times, like this is rookie behavior. Then. Heather starts talking about other stuff she saw that just didn't add up. For example, the DMs about the Greek mafia. There's another DM that arrived right before they all got to dinner. And there's actually a clip of them saying the timing was weird. And so, kind of like Vanderpump Rules ish, in that, well, I would say more like Scandival specifically, where people notice things that are weird, but until you have the full picture, you can't really put it together. And then that's also not the story that editors would tell, right? If it doesn't come to a head, but once, once we get that information, then you can comb back through the footage and see these little Easter eggs. It's super interesting. Um, so then Heather called Tanisha and Tanisha confessed and, and had a, Heather says she had a crisis of her conscience, which that leads me to believe that, uh, Heather's going to ride or die for Tanisha like she does for Jen. Like I already feel like Tanisha is not going to be held accountable for her part in this at all because heather's already making up her narrative she's already narrating her um but so tanisha had a conscience a crisis of conscience and revealed that monica runs the bravo well specifically the rhoslc account reality von tees which is like dita vantez i guess um and Heather, of course, has to put her Heather spin on and said, there's volumes of evidence exposing Monica and I was devastated. Do you have any other emotions, girl? And if you're devastated over people you just met, what happens? Oh, actually, we know, we know how she feels for people. She has no longer nothing. She's literally not devastated by anything Jen Shah did. She's just like, oh, that's my friend. So we get to hear trembling again, which I guess is my favorite part. I'm I i can not lie. Are you kidding me right now? Shut the fuck up. I'm, sh- I'm trembling like, I'm trembling. I'm trembling. Um, so they go back to give us context, you know, so we, they really replay it twice, which is so cool. And then they go back to the beach. It's the four ladies on the beach. It's Big Little Lies. Um, they're on the beach. And, and Heather says she has released all the videos about Jen, things that have affected our lives. Pay attention, guys, because I think there's so much of this is somehow about Jen. The outrage that Heather feels is so much about the fact that Monica tried to hurt Jen that I can't take her seriously. I really do think. Now, I don't know if it's a, I just don't like you because I happen to be on this train of you know, supporting this person unconditionally. I don't know how I got here. Didn't mean to get here, but here I am. And you're making me look stupid. I don't know if it's that, or if it's really like she really does love Jen. But either way, the way she emphasizes that she never talks about exposing Jen as if it's a good thing to do, or a necessary thing to do. Heather does not have a color of Jen is, did something wrong when she, when she discusses this and it's so irritating and it really undermines her. Um, Meredith has a great outburst af- after this. I am so tired of people trying to hurt us. This is so fucked up. Winnie just has her mouth open and her tracks are blowing in the wind. The answer your weave is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in your tracks. And now production takes us back to Heather, who continues her filibustering against Monica. Who you really are is cyber bully. Reality Von Teese. You are an internet troll. You are a cyber bully. You have been bullying us. Everyone from Utah is having trouble with this word. Bullying. Bullying. Whitney and Heather both say bullying us. Bullying us. You have been bullying us for four years. And then my other favorite part was Heather screaming and then it syncopated by BAM. They literally underscored everything she said with a <laughs> with a sound effect. We have receipts, proof, timelines, everything to prove that you are a fucking bully and a fucking troll. And you don't deserve to be at this table. Now, one thing that I think is funny is to address the fourth wall that's obviously being eviscerated here. Um, They have to keep calling themselves this group of women and friends. And like you schemed and plotted and infiltrated ways to become our friends. No, 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 no. She schemed and plotted a way to get a paycheck and, and do a job, which is to, for people who are loosely connected in cities at this point in time, to hang out together and form a group that is almost completely arbitrary. She didn't, she didn't like, I mean, I, of course, I understand the point that it's very creepy and disconcerting to think that you are trying to form any real relationship, however transactional, however circumstantial, because it happens within the confines of, you know, shooting a show. But the fact is people do get close at work and at shows. So of course it's really crazy to think that this person knew a lot about you already, um, investigated you guys, you know, spread so much gossip about you guys. And, and then you're hanging out with them and they pretend that they don't know you. Like that's very creepy. That is disconcerting. However, the whole Monica was, she didn't really want to be our friends. You're all like, your assignment as a housewife is to just you know, fight with some people and get along with some others. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. And that's what she did. She fought. I think she had a fight with everyone. Except maybe Whitney. So Tanisha, uh, Monica's ex-best friend, she actually played this part of the show on her Instagram live and like analyzed Monica's face. Like she was a behavioral analyst on some sort of true crime documentary. And Tanisha said, look, she's thinking what she's going to say. She's thinking of her lies. She's thinking. And it's not like it's not wrong. Monica says no, no. First, a couple times as as the accusations are getting hurled. You do see she kind of has this like softly open mouth. Oh, excuse me. Like softly open mouth, eyes very, like she is breathing. She's breathing. Breathing deep and she is calculating her next move. She is. And so they're just screaming at her, screaming at her. And it's like, no, I did it. No. And Monica just screams back because, you know, there's one thing we know about Honey Child. She is reactionary. She grew up all her life. She had to fight. OK, so she's used to screaming back at Linda and Mama Linda and anyone telling her that she's, you know, in any way like a bad person. She's going to say, fuck you, you piece of shit, which she said a lot of times. By the way, I watched Peacock because I thought everyone said Peacock is is not bleeped, but it was bleeped. I really wanted them to just, because honestly, there were just whole strings of their sentences were just like, like the whole like the whole thing, and you just see their mouths moving and it's like, (laughs) so. Then Monica gives them, you know, she says that's not true entirely. Lisa's like, "Wait, what 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 does that mean? Entirely." It means it's partially true, it's partially not true. What, girl? What, girl? And then I think what triggers Monica is that she thinks, "Obviously, this will be a time I get to explain something, explain something of myself." You guys have done this Columbo scene work and, (laughs) and you, you know, you've done the Scooby-Doo episode, you've taken the mask off my head and now I get to tell you why I did it, right? But instead, Lisa goes to her favorite word, her outrage, the same outrage she had yesterday for Meredith for something that Meredith absolutely did not do that I didn't think she did because I don't think Meredith can use, um you know, technology that I don't think Meredith is like super active on her Instagram without help. But Lisa Media is like, disgusting, disgusting. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And that Monica just makes her start screaming. That just makes her just like, she's like, shut the fuck up, you stupid, you stupid bitch, you piece of shit. You're a piece of fuck you. And they're just like hurling fuck you back and forth. At one point, Monica says, Fuck you, you old bitch, leather faced, dumbass, Trump hand, stupid bitch. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Now um she says Von Tees wasn't just me in her confessional. She said it was it was other humans involved. I don't know why she said humans instead of people. There were other humans involved and The other ladies were just collateral damage. And then she confesses that, you know, the entire goal was to take down Jen Sha. Now, there is a hilarious part where Monica literally is singing the word shit, but it's bleeped out. She's like, I can do shit, that shit, I can do that shit, shit. And it's just like, (laughs) Um, Whitney. Feels her moment to make it about her passing, and she says, "You used me. You lied, and you used me, girl. What is this obsession you have with being used?" Monica probably had like the least smoke for you, the least interest in you. She just wanted a little thirty something drinking but drinking buddy partner. I don't. I like the what goes on in Whitney's brain. You lied to me you lied to me. Monica says, no, I didn't lie. Which again, come on. Like this is, these are giant lies of omission. And to Meredith, it was a lie. So then Meredith starts screaming, you were on my security footage, Monica. You were on it. And you said it was the first time you were at my store. And they show that Monica was in Meredith's store. That time where it, it was Jen's assistants who allegedly went inside to borrow something like some goons. And then apparently a purse got stolen. Monica was there. She had horrible blonde hair, which I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad your hair recovered. Cause it looked like it was actually her hair dyed. Just, you know, when people can't lift black properly and it's just that orangey Tony, the tiger striped looking blonde, terrible. But, um, Meredith confesses that she had the footage before the Trump. That's why she was so quiet when she was accused of sending the dioms. She just had a lot of information and she was trying to put it all together. She's trying to put it all together. (laughs) But that's a really interesting thing too. And that contributes to why she was just like, well, I'm not going to say anything definitive. I'm not going to scream and shout. But also she's for a number one has literally had like multiple drug overdoses on this trip and had her makeup put on, like she was actually in a casket. Like it was, it was hilarious. Um, for anyone who didn't watch those episodes, she accidentally took too many benzos or I, I don't know what kind of pills downers on the plane. And then she was just feeling terrible. Paramedics came, she got an IV What's a vacation if someone doesn't get an IV, honestly? What is a housewife's vacation? Okay, so now, Heather, it's full talent show time. It's show choir. It is, um, it's a slam poetry contest. She gets up and delivers, okay? And her monologue is great. She's good at this. Her, the content is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And here I have it for you. Listen to me. We are friends and we have been through this bullshit before with Jen. For years, we were afraid. We'd wake up sick that a lie would be told or exposed. But we were in it with her because we are the type of girls that are ride or die. Each one of us at times rode hard and was put away wet. No, she's, it really, she just said, but she did say we are the type of girls that are ride or die. I want to know, I want to know who froze Heather in like, 2002 Bonnie and Clyde like I want to know what Ja Rule like why is riding or dying such a prevalent part of your vocabulary and your whole, your whole world view but it continues it continues she says we are the type of girls that are ride or die each one of us at times rode hard and we shut down feelings of doubt and things that didn't add up Pause. My question is, is this how you stayed Mormon for so long? Like, is there some sort of internal programming cult behavior that makes her susceptible to ignoring things that are obviously false? Like what Jen, I, I don't know. There's something about, there's just something about her saying we we shut down our feelings of doubt and things that didn't add up as if that's a virtuous thing to do. That's a stupid thing to do. I just want to be clear. I've, I don't know if there are any children listening, but that's stupid. So don't do, don't ever do that. But actually now I, Oh my God. I just got scared If like children. are actually Yes. If children are listening, don't do that. Follow your instincts. If something seems wrong or bad, go find an adult you trust and tell them. Oh, This is all very bad ways to think about things, guys. (sighs) Then she says, who you are make no sense. But the way you acted was strangely familiar. And the pain we went through and the way we ate shit every day for her. I felt like I had to lie to protect her. I went on a book tour and took shit and defended her for the fact that she gave me a black eye. Boom. We have it finally. It wasn't Barbie scissor kicks, as Angie suggested. Wait, actually, it could have been Barbie scissor kicks. We don't... <laughs> we actually don't know. And that was also annoying to me because we know, but we don't know. I don't just want to know who gave you the black eye. I want to know, does Jen Shaw? were you and her... Did you and her have a fight club? Like, was she doing Bo to let some stress out? What exactly... What happened? Um, these are the things I want to know. And if I don't get to know details, I'm going to be so done with Heather. But anyway, they everyone was like, oh, wow. And then there's a flashback to the sketchiest, one of the sketchiest scenes in the history of SLC where Heather has a horrible black eye. And I don't, I mean, it just looked terrible. Like, I don't think I really knew black eyes were literally black. I think that they're a purple Maybe just because I'm black, it's usually more of a purple thing when you have, like, the broken blood vessels. But, oh, my gosh, it looked crazy. And so she takes off her sunglasses and shows it, and Meredith is just shooketh. She's like, oh, my God, what happened? And Heather says, I don't know. And then you see Jen taking over the narrative. She says, oh, that's that's what we don't know. We need to come up with the – we need Meredith. So now, again, one of these things when you're looking back – Jen has clearly slipped up and almost said, "We need to come up with a story," which would be why would you need to do that? Um, and then the editors even showed us some longer shots of Jen's eyes shifting back and forth, clearly looking nervous to see if if Heather was going to say anything or if it was going to be revealed. Because Jen has like been indicted at this point, so now she would have had. I mean, I don't know if Heather would have to press charge. Actually, don't know if Heather would have to press charges, but I mean, wow. Wow. Now, Monica, and this is why you can't help but like this bitch, because she says what we're thinking, okay? Look like I've said, I have confusion, revulsion, back to confusion when I hear this monologue. What am I meant? What are you, what am I supposed to take away from this? Do you think that was the right thing to do? Do you, are you ever going to say Jen Shaw is like a bad person? Or you're just going to talk about how good a person you are to her. In fact, is that why Heather wants to hang around with her? Because it makes her feel better or more virtuous to say that she's sacrificing or something like that? I don't know. But after that speech, which was good and impactful, he dropped a huge secret, a huge franchise secret. Monica says, I'm glad you told the truth for once. Good for you. I don't think you know like the level of trolling that you have to be on to hear these sorts of revelations and be like i will just come cu- just cutting you to the quick bitch you're weird you're weird for that okay If kelly ben simone were here she would just say that's weird it's weird and it is it is and then heather has to continue her speech like she wasn't done yet When Monica said, I'm glad you told the truth. Good for you. She was interrupting Heather's landing. Then Heather says, I had to ride for her and then lie for her. I'm not going to do it again with you. Pack your bags and go. You are the winkest Link. Goodbye. Thank you so much. Collect your knives. I mean, it was just every single reality show. Goodbye. And Monica doesn't move. And they start screaming at her. Monica sat there and oh, she didn't keep her composure in the sense that she never keeps her composure. So she did keep her composure because her composure is screaming at people. And she screamed. She was self-righteous. She was not sorry. She was not moved by all the women screaming at her. You, you can leave. 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 Get out of here. You can leave. I mean, Angie, gets she gets into with Angie. Angie's... She says, Angie, you really don't want me to start. You really don't want me to start with you right now. I'm. Do you want me to expose you too? And then they show screenshots of Angie interacting with the site. And I think the gag is for everyone, when someone they don't, when someone they're mad at or on the outs with is being dragged, I'm sure they liked, they like comments. We see this. All the housewives like shady Twitter comments, et cetera, et cetera. And when it's them, they have a meltdown. That's just regular narcissism. That's nothing. It's not. It's not like revolutionary. It's like, yeah, that's that's how that's how these women act. So I'm I have no doubt, as Monica later tells us in the confessional, she says, they were our biggest fans. The DMs we got from them. So what would really be funny and what I really want to see is them is her exposing how much they would rat on each other to these this anonymous site. Because Monica, there's a false ending. They show, you know, they show Monica walking away finally. and But you can tell it's not because she's scared or intimidated. It's because she's like, this is done. There's nothing else to say. And she, and she does say. She says it. She says, I have a lot more to say. And I just knew I wasn't going to be heard at that time. But I have a lot more to say. And then we get the false ending. So you think it's going to be over and it gives you the screen, the titles of what people are doing right now, which is, it was big, nothing for everyone. It was like my family, my family, my family, which, you know, your kids are grown. And then it goes back to Monica. Monica gets to close this out with herself in a confessional. This is a freshman on a franchise. This is, this is crazy. And she says, I don't think that Um, Running an Instagram website is a bad thing. I think stealing millions of dollars from senior citizens is a bad thing. I think creating an Instagram account to take that person down is just the truth. And then she just stares at the camera. And I mean, they hold that shot for, you know, five seconds. Just looking in her eyes, just a chance to look into the eyes of an enigma wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in cash. Wow. 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 I just actually reminded myself of another funny exchange. The yelling between Lisa and Monica. Monica got really fired up because Lisa said, um, when they said, Oh, she was the one taking those videos of Jen. And Lisa's like, oh my God, are you going to record me too? And Lisa's like, oh my God, you're stupid. You're so stupid. Or Monica's like, you're so stupid. Don't, don't abuse your employees and you have nothing to worry about. Which I think some of these lines are so important because there is just a huge disconnect between, I, I don't think the, I don't, I really think the ladies think what, um what Monica did to Jen is wrong. And I think, a lot of the, I think the conversations are, just are not going to be on the same playing field as each other if they don't acknowledge that they actually, they think that's wrong. Like, that's the, one of their big gripes is the Gen Shasta. Because um, it's funny, like, Monica is just like, no, stupid. I was here to take down a really bad woman. You're not her, so why would I videotape you? But then Lisa's just on her own world. I don't want to be around someone that's going to videotape me in private and make me put on a costume. I don't want it. I don't want it. (laughs) She didn't say that. She just said, I don't want to be around someone who's going to videotape me in private and post it. And that made Monica really mad because Monica's essentially like, no, bitch, I do things for a reason. Okay. I'm a chaos demon goblin, but... I have a a method to my madness and a slightly Robin Hood-esque vibe to the reason I do things. How dare you just assume I would just take pictures of you and put it online, orange face. That's what Monica's saying, not me. Anyway, I think I'm going to leave it there. I'm sure more information will come out, so there's no need to speculate more about these uh, things being dropped I'm obviously going to cover the finales, uh, the reunions with you guys, which I think are so fun anyway. I watch the reunions of shows that I, I've never seen before. Like, I will watch Love... I mean, I've obviously seen episodes of Love and Hip Hop, but I don't watch them. But I'll watch the reunions when they're on. So I think it's a great time to just finish up with um, SLC doing that. And it is really just the possibly the best... I think no, without a doubt, it's the best right now. The way Potomac has been, it is the best Bravo franchise, um, housewives franchise right now. So I do think I need to honor that by covering the finale. So we're definitely going to do that. So look out for that. Um, yeah, I'm going to start sharing some tea, a little bit of dabbling into some tea on the Insta, because there are some other things that I saw online that I do want to comment on. And, um, it's, I'm excited for the new year. I'm excited to interact with you more and have more ways to connect and chat. So please, as this um, new launch is underway, stick with me. Thank you so much for those of you who have returned after my hiatus. And let's kick off the new year with some excellent cinematic reality TV. And I think I have a feeling Vanderpump Rules is going to deliver as well. All right, guys, stay safe. Stay away from the Bermuda Triangle. I used to watch so many documentaries about it when I was little. I was fascinated and scared. I loved all that creepy stuff. That and the Loch Ness Monster. Hmm. What I would give to see a plesiosaur. All right, peace out. And I will see you next at the Beverly Hills drop. Ta-ta for now. Cake and Kombucha, a bravo, bravo, effing bravo podcast is hosted and produced by yours truly, Kelechi AZA. Please, I want to hear all of your bravo opinions, so if you have something you want me to cover or you just want to initiate a conversation, feel free to email me at cakeandkombucha at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Kombucha, a bravo, bravo, effing bravo podcast, or Lazie K E L E Z I E to tell for now